Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of the Equestrian Performance Mindset Podcast. I am Jocelyn Liliano, I'm an event writer and mindset coach and of course also your host for this podcast. And I am absolutely thrilled that you decided to tune in today because together we are going to make sure that you start making strides in your mindset so you can truly make strides in your riding. Happy Monday. As always, every single week, I'm here to make sure that you get off to a great start of this week. If this is the very first podcast episode of the Equestrian Performance Mindset podcast that you were listening to, then make sure you hit the follow button so that you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. And if you've been listening for a while and you're hungry for more, then make sure you join the wait list for our next Equestrian Mental Game Intensive. This is a workshop that we have done once until now, but we're going to continue to do more of them. And the people on the wait list will have influence over the time and day we're going to do this next. So if you want to make sure that this becomes a day and time that suits your time zone, make sure you join the waitlist now so that you can be part of influencing when we will do the next one. So to register, go to mindic.eu slash intensive. As always, you find the link to that in the show notes of this episode. Now, today's episode is going to be a very special one. Uh, last weekend, I was competing at Eventing Bargem with my five-year-old Echo, and we managed to collect our first MER in one meter eventing. And this was a huge moment for me, not only because we managed to get the MER, but mainly actually because this was the moment I realized how bold and brave this horse is that I have got. The feeling it gave me jumping some of those fences was something I never ever felt before in my life. He literally flew with such an attitude and so much convincing that there was like no one ever in this world could have stopped him from jumping those fences that day. And you know, you can never be sure, but it made me feel as if I found myself that one horse that's going to take me up the levels is going to be able to do the big work in the eventing, something I have dreamed of for my entire life. Now, as amazing as all of this is, and yes, it is amazing, but I do really want to make sure as well that I share all sides of this story. The fact that I have a horse like this, that I'm able to take around a course like this, did not come by itself. It's required blood, sweat and tears, literally. And to be fair, it still does. We still have a long, long way to go to get to where we want to go. But before we rush any further, I want to take a moment to reflect on our journey so far. Several people have actually requested to hear more stories behind the scenes, similar to what I did in the Cyclo series with Queenie. The real deal, the real stories behind the scenes. And therefore, I figured I'll record an episode and tell the whole story. The real unfiltered story about how Echo came into my life and how we've gotten to this point. The highs and the lows and what I believe are the key factors as to how we've gotten to the point we're at. What the key contributing factors to our success so far has been. And that way you can learn from our journey and you can make even quicker progress than we have made. So basically two big reasons as to why I wanted to record this episode. First of all, so that you can get to know the real story rather than just what you see on Instagram and rather than thinking everything is going amazing for us all of the time, that you get to hear the real story. And also the second reason, as I already mentioned, that you can learn from our lessons, things that we've done that have worked out, the things that I believe has really contributed to our success so that you can replicate them in your life and riding to be successful. 
Now, going back to the very beginning, before I even knew that there was a horse called Echo in this world, I remember this as if it was yesterday. It was the 31st of May, and I looked this up before I started recording it. It was the 31st of May, 2022. We had a group coaching call in PEP, the Positive Equestrian Performance Program, or group coaching program. We had a session in there, and we had a guest speaker. Her name is Chantal Boss, and she was taking us all through this really powerful manifestation exercise. We all got to define something we wanted in our lives, picturing it as clearly as we possibly could, and then send this wish into the universe. And I remember clearly that what I wished for was a five-star horse. I visualized myself riding this force of nature horse around the five-star badminton, really vividly imagining what it felt like to be on this horse. And then I sent this image into the universe, as we were all instructed to do by Chantal. So tip number one here, and this might be a little bit too woo-woo for a lot of you. I promise you the rest of the episode is probably going to be a little bit more hands-on, easier to comprehend. But this is really important. And I 100% believe the fact that I did this exercise has been a contributing factor to where I am right now, why I have this horse in my life. So believe whatever you want to believe, but I believe that this was a contributing factor. So tip number one, whatever it is that you want to achieve in life, whatever it is that you want to be manifesting into this world, start with creating an as clear and vivid image possible of what you want to manifest into your life and send it into the universe. Make it really, really clear to the universe what it is that you want. Because here's the thing, only two weeks after that I had done this, There I was, sat on this four-year-old horse at Peter, my friend and trainer's place, this four-year-old that didn't look like much, but I figured it could be a nice project horse, one that I could train for a year or two and then sell on further. I did not have a single thought of that this could be my future eventing superstar. But who knows? Maybe it could be a stepping stone and at least another horse to ride and gain experience with. He certainly was not easy. He was strong, he was hot, and to be fair, on the edge of dangerous. There certainly was a part of me doubting if I was really going to be able to ride his horse. Wasn't he too hot? Wasn't he too strong? Would he actually take the time to lift his feet up above those fixed opticals, or would he just run straight through them and tip over, as he did with some of the show jumps in the beginning? Would he be too spooky? Would he be too sensitive? The doubts were uncountable. And those doubts, they didn't get any better when several people told me that it looked seriously dangerous when we raced through some of those show jumps in the beginning. No brake, no steering, simply just surviving. So the first show jumping training, this was before I had bought the horse. I remember falling off, hitting my shoulder hard in the ground after we had rushed at a fence and Echo decided last second that he was going to jump to the side of the fence rather than jumping the fence. I ended up landing hard in the ground, really hurt my shoulder. But aside of that, I did decide to buy this horse, and here is why. And listen up now, because this is the second key tip, the second key factor I want to share with you. I asked for advice from the people in my life whose opinion I really trust and really value. There are a couple of people in my life whose opinion I truly value. First of all, there's Peter, one of my best friends and trainer who told me this is not the easiest horse, but I believe there's something in him. He will need a lot of time, a lot of training, a lot of patience, but I believe in him. He said, 
I believe in the horse and I believe that you are at a point in your journey where you can train a horse like this. There will be a lot of figuring things out. And even if you don't know it all right now, I believe that you got what it takes to start this journey, to start this journey with this horse. And I know that you will grow a lot as a rider in the process of training him. You'll become forced to grow into the rider capable of riding him. And of course, as he is the most wonderful person in this world, he also said, of course, I'll be here to help you and support you every step of the way. Great. Now, of course, Peter was also the person selling this horse. So, you know, even if I know that Peter always has my best in mind, I figured could be good to have a second opinion. So uh, I asked Lorna, the second person in my life whose opinion I really, really value. Lorna, as you guys all know, who's also on this podcast every so often. And I gotta say, I'm really amazed with how quickly Lorna saw the potential in this horse. She saw a couple of videos and even though I laid all my doubts on the table, Lorna's opinion was clear. It's a super horse. Get him. Until this day, I don't even know exactly what she saw in him. She clearly saw something that I couldn't see at that point. But Lorna somehow knew that this was the horse I should buy. Now, I asked one more person, and this is because that's the person in my closest surroundings that I believe have the most experience when it comes to eventing. And that was Karen Donkers. So I called her up and I sent her some videos of this horse. She said, come over, we have a training. And Karen saw this horse and she was like, look, it's a four-year-old. It's an unwritten piece of paper. We don't know. But based on what I can see today, he reminds me of Fletcher. And he's very athletic. And I definitely think he's got the potential to become an amazing event horse. So said and done. Do you need anything more than like that? I don't think so. Three people in which I really, really value their opinion, which I really, really trust. They all said, go for it. So I did. Echo got to stay and the real work could actually just begin. Now, fast forwarding a couple of months and I only actually started to realize how challenging this journey would become, how challenging of a horse this actually was, both mentally and physically, if I'm being completely honest. Dressage training after dressage training where I came out feeling like an actual beginner. I was like, it's as if I just now learning to ride. There are simple things like riding 20 meter circles or turn to the right that seemed simply impossible. No matter which bit I put in this horse's mouth, and trust me, I bought like a million bits, I could hardly get this horse to turn to the right. He would take off like a bullet out of a cannon every time I asked for canter. I couldn't get his nose to do anything else and just aim straight up in the air. It was tough and I was lucky that I got a very, very patient dressage trainer who has admitted later that he was like, yeah, I had my doubts in the beginning, but he was very, very patient and he kept on explaining things again and again and again and again and again. And also I have a very supportive and encouraging friend and mental coach in Lorna that kept reminding me that it is a process, that things would get better. And there was no going around this. There were no shortcuts. It was all about doing the work week after week, lesson after lesson. And so we did. Without any substantial signs of progress, we kept on putting in the work consistently. And this is lesson number three that I want to share with you. Trust the process. No matter if you don't see any results whatsoever, continue to put in the work. It's all about consistency. 
simply trust that as long as you consistently put in the effort, the results will start to show up eventually. Not tomorrow, not this week, not this month, but eventually. So for now, just put your head down, show for your lessons and do what your trainer tells you to do. Which actually leads me to the fourth lesson here. Get help from the best. Get help from the people who's already done what you are trying to do. Find out who's the best at what you're trying to do and get their help. I am incredibly grateful to right now have the most amazing people and trainers around me. I've got Peter, who has the most amazing feeling for young horses and show jumping. An absolute crack. He's like an idea fire hose. There's nothing, there's not a single problem or challenge that he hasn't stumbled upon or that he at least is willing to find a solution for. He has an absolute sea of knowledge and experience that I get to draw from. Next to that, I've got Brecht, my dressage trainer, who's training pretty much the best event riders in the Netherlands and Belgium. Of course, I've got Karen, the most successful event rider, I would say, in Belgium. And last, but certainly not least, I've got Lorna, who's not only an incredible mental coach, but also has gone through a similar process with her own horse. She has a big, strong, hot event horse, which she has trained this incredible event horse he is today. But also for her, it hasn't been easy. And she knows how challenging this is at moments. She knows what she's talking about because she's been through it. As I said, I'm incredibly lucky and I'm incredibly grateful to have those people in my life. However, they haven't come into my life of coincidence. I did the research. I contacted those people. I made myself valuable to those people. I made myself as flexible and still am making myself as flexible as I possibly can to make sure I fit their schedules. So, fourth lesson, get help from the best. Do whatever that you need to do to have them help you out. Be valuable to them. Be flexible to their schedules. Do everything in your power to make sure that it's as easy as possible for them to help you. Okay, so I got the help. We were putting in consistent effort. And then, bam, I fell off during a cross-country training, ended up under Echo's hind hooves, and I broke my face, literally. I had a crack in my upper jaw. And for those of you who didn't see the pictures, let me tell you, it was bad. Half my face was blue, swelled up. I literally looked like something out of a horror movie. And if the doubts hadn't been enough before this, at this point, the doubts really started kicking in. And I was seriously asking myself if this really was a good idea. But here's the thing. I did what I always do. I decided to look at it from a logical standpoint. Had this accident happened because he was running with me? Because he was too strong? Because I couldn't control him? Because he had hit the fence with his legs and tipped over? All those things I was worried about in the beginning. The answer was no to all of those questions. And I concluded that this really was just an accident. It could have happened with any horse at any time. I simply fell off. I was unlucky and I ended up under the hind hooves. Or shall I say lucky maybe? Because here's the thing. I believe that every single experience we go through teaches something. So the fact that I went through this accident, this experience, it actually was quite lucky. Because here's what I learned. Always wear a good quality helmet. As worn down as this advice might be, I got to experience this firsthand. 
If it wouldn't have been for my brand new Charles Owen helmet, I am not sure if I would have been here today. So as a bonus lesson, this one is actually not one of the seven, but as a bonus lesson, get yourself a good quality helmet and wear it every single time you get in the saddle. It doesn't matter if you go out hacking on your oldest, safest horse, put a freaking good helmet on. Guys, I wouldn't have been here today. I might have had a serious head injury by now, not being able to speak or ride or even be alive today. So I do see myself as being lucky for going through this experience because it taught me a lesson I believe will be very, very useful for me going forward. So as you probably concluded by now, I did not see this forced upon break in my riding as something negative. I made a conscious choice of viewing this experience as a necessary part of my journey and I decided to make the most of it. Rather than being sad, feeling sorry for myself, I used it to, among other things, set some goals for myself. I decided I wanted to aim at riding the Belgian champions for five-year-olds. And I draw out all the sub-goals required to get to where I was right now, sitting there in the couch with my broken face. I draw out all the sub-goals that needed to happen for me to get there. The first 90, the first 100 show jumping, the first 90 event course, and so on. I literally made a roadmap for myself and I felt more motivated than ever to get back to riding and training. And a couple of weeks later, I did. Slow and careful, starting with my other more safe horses. But I got back in just a matter of weeks. I was on top of a horse again, working on my goals, training again. So fifth lesson here to try to summarize everything that I said, always keep a positive attitude. Whatever happens, Focus on what's good in your life. Trust that everything happens for a reason. Find things to be grateful for. In my case, still being alive, as I said, without a serious head injury. Focus on what's inside of your control. At this point, I couldn't be out pursuing my goals, but I could set goals and I could make a roadmap for myself on how to get there. Right. I'm going to do another fast forward here. Uncountable challenging dressers lessons, uncountable bit changes show jumping lessons, competitions where more poles fell than I could literally count. Still spending most of our time just racing through show jumping tracks with people making all kinds of remarks of how dangerous this was and that it would never work out, blah, 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 blah. Finally, we made it to our first 90 centimeter event. And finally, we got rewarded for our efforts. It wasn't the most stylish dressage program, show jumping course or cross country course for that matter but we got just enough scores to get our first MER and I was so happy I almost started crying. Here's the thing, I've been riding 90 centimeter event tracks in the past with my other horse, but never in my life had I had to go through so many challenges to get there. And that was what made it so special. It wasn't the fact that I got around a 90 course within MER score. It was the fact that I had overcome all those challenges and against all odds, I had gotten us there and I had gotten us through this competition. That actually leads me to the sixth lesson. Always measure backwards. Me and Echo, we were far from perfect and we still are, to be honest, but we are making a lot of progress. We are coming from far, which means that we also have a lot of progress to make. Rather than comparing ourselves to the ideal, we compare ourselves to the starting point. Rather than looking at our 15th place and thinking, that's shit compared to the winner. I look at where we were a year ago. 
when I spent a whole lesson at Karen's place just to get the horse to trot over poles rather than racing through them in some kind of uncontrolled canter. I think of how I, a year ago, could hardly get the horse to stay within dressage fences. He would think they were all fences and try to jump out over them every time you turn him towards them. I compare that to the 63% dressage program we can get today, and I am incredibly proud of how far we've come. I think about last summer when me and Lauren, my little helper, we spent a full hour trying to get the horse into water for the first time. How he kicked, how he reared and tried his absolute best to kill us just so that he wouldn't need to get into the water. And I was thinking at that point, how am I ever going to turn this into an event horse? But seeing him today, after all the work and all the visits to the forest, all the puddles, every single place I could think of the whole winter where there would be a little bit of water, I took him every single week to walk through water and eventually he turned into this absolute lion of a horse right now who jumps into those water fences as if he, his life depends on it. So much progress has been made. It's all a matter of the perspective that you choose. You can compare yourself to the ideal, the winner, the perfection, everything that you want to be in the future and everything that you're dreaming about being, you can compare yourself to that. And guess what? You're always going to be disappointed. You're always going to be behind. Or you can compare yourself to the starting point. The choice is yours. But I assure you, comparing yourself to the starting point is a whole lot more fun, a whole lot more rewarding, encouraging, and does wonders for your confidence. Okay, guys, we're almost there. To finish off, I wanted to raise just one more lesson. Closely related to something I've already touched upon in this episode, and that is to focus on what's within your control. Those of you who are close to me, you know that even though it was my goal for this year to ride the Belgian Championships for five-year-old event horses, we didn't get there. And this was due to a number of different reasons. New rules, competition plannings, agendas for events, a couple of runouts. The fact is that some of those things were inside of my control but most of them were actually outside of my control. Were there times where this frustrated me to the limit? Absolutely. But here's the thing, it didn't last for long because I'm very, very, very self-aware and I know that any energy, any time spent on things outside of my control is a waste. So rather than whining myself up about it, I asked myself, what about this can I control? And I got to work on those things. So we ended up riding the exactly same cross-country track, show jumping track, at this very competition as the Belgian Championships, which was as close that we could get in our circle of control. We did so with an MER score, which to me means we didn't only get to a point where we could start the Belgian Champions trick, we successfully completed it. We turned our previous goal, which was not entirely within our control, into one that was within our control. And you know what? We crushed it. So there you have it. The full story about me and Echo to date, because there's still a long unwritten story to come. You got the highs, you got the lows, the challenges, the successes, and what you're probably most interested in, the seven key contributing factors to our success this year. To summarize them all for you, number one, Create an as clear and vivid image possible of what you want to manifest into your life and send it into the universe. It all started with that group coaching call back in May last year where I 
clearly ask the universe for what I wanted. Number two, ask for advice from the people in your life whose opinion you really trust and value. Don't care so much about what all those people in the world think. Ask the people who's done what you're trying to achieve and that you really trust and that you know have your best in mind. Ask those people. Number three, trust the process. No matter if you don't see any results whatsoever, continue to put in the work and trust that as long as you are consistent, eventually the results will start to show up. Number four, get help from the best. Have a think of who has already done what you're trying to achieve and do everything in your power to get them to help you. Even if this means being a bit annoying, get rid of your people-pleasing and give them a call. Number five, always keep positive attitude. No matter if you get injured, your horse gets injured, focus on what you've got to be grateful for, what you can celebrate, focus on everything that's great about your life and what you can do. Set goals, build out a roadmap of actionable pieces to get you from where you are to where you want to go. Keep a positive attitude all the time. Right. Number six, always measure backwards. Rather than comparing yourself with the ideal, compare yourself with your starting point. Number seven, last but certainly not least, focus on what's within your control. Set goals for as far as possible within your control. And when you notice yourself getting frustrated, it's almost always because you're trying to do things that you don't have control over. Like in my case, qualifying for the Belgian Championships with all those different rules that were changed just this year. So instead of whining myself up about that, getting frustrated, I found a way to create an almost exactly same goal, but something that was within my control. I could not start the Belgian Championship class, but I could start the one meter class that was exactly the same, just that it wasn't called the Belgian Championships. I could start that, and you know what? I did, and I crushed it. So if you feel yourself getting frustrated, see if your goals needs adjustment to something similar that is within your control. All right, that's all I got for you. If you want to follow mine and Echo's journey more closely, make sure you follow me on Instagram. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, the best thing you can do to help us spread the word is tell your friends about it. Share it on social media, tell them face to face. If you share this on social media, make sure you tag us in it. Also, what you can do is give this podcast a rating and a review. When you do so, it's going to be shown to more riders so we can help more people out there, which is amazing. So all you need to do is to go to Spotify, Apple Podcast, click on those three dots somewhere, tick in a comment, give it some stars, and that way we can spread it to more riders. All right, that's all. There's only one more thing I want to do today, and that is to challenge you to start making strides in your mindset so you can truly make strides in your riding. See you on the next Magical Monday. <laughs>